0: Welcome to Run This World. My name is Nicole DeBoom. I'm a former pro athlete turned entrepreneur. Each week, I'll bring you insights and inspiration from some of the world's greatest visionaries who will help you run your world in ways that you didn't even realize were possible. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now let's get this workout started. Hey, everyone. I am back. Excited to bring you today's amazing guest, Carolyn Yates. I have so much to talk about before we bring her on though, so bear with me. You're going to love this. Okay, so first of all, big skirt sports fun update. So we are officially moving all of our inventory back to Boulder, Colorado, where we started the company. Uh, We had a few years back. Uh, decided to outsource our warehouse function and all of our inventory went to the West Coast, except what was in our Boulder retail store. So, you know, I could still just walk into our retail store and like use my five finger discount occasionally. And then um, for the last couple weeks, we closed the retail store and there's so much stuff I want and it's not right there for me to take. Anyway, that's not why we're moving it back. You know, you make these business decisions based on all kinds of factors. And at this point in our life cycle and with the business model we're pursuing, it just makes more sense for us to have a warehouse nearby again. The really cool thing is that we found this really awesome partner company who I've actually known the owner for like, I don't know, 20 years or something. His name's Matt Miller and the company is called Base Performance and they make really awesome performance energy products. So I'll give you more info about them later once we uh, settle in. But we'll be co-warehousing with another brand in the outdoor space. How cool is that? And I'll be able to walk over there and grab the new stuff, which is landing like any day now. So while we move, uh, we won't be shipping because you you know you can't just like pull a semi truck over on the highway and like pick out your style, size, and color, right? (laughs) So there's going to be a few weeks here where we've packed up, we get everything on trucks, we ship it back to Boulder, and then we unpack it, organize it, and get it ready So in the meantime, we have a discount 25% off everything on the website, including the brand new amazing all-in collection and our new swim stuff, which isn't even available yet. Well, it might be by the time this podcast posts. Um, All you have to do is put in the code back, the number two, Boulder, B-A-C-K-2-B-O-U-L-D-E-R, back to Boulder for 25% off. Awesome, awesome stuff. So I've also been thinking a lot about this podcast and how amazing it is and how it fuels me and how my whole goal in creating it was to make a more positive world. At least that's what it says on my Patreon account. Um, If you want to support the podcast, and I would love it if you do, go over to patreon.com backslash Nicole DeBoom. People are supporting from anywhere from a dollar a month to 15 bucks a month, just a little something because I know so many of you love and appreciate what I'm doing out here. So I've been thinking about all these amazing guests and it's like, I just feel like, today, yesterday, a few days ago, I'm just getting like hammered with all this cool stuff that my previous guests are doing. Um, They're just spreading all that amazing positive energy around the world. And I I truly believe that all of my guests are are all my friends now. Um, So I want to share, I just want to share the cool stuff. So, you know, we had Olympic marathon trials last weekend and I interviewed two women, uh, Colorado-based women, who I would actually consider total dark horses. Um, Like they could have been 150th place, they could have been last, or maybe just maybe they could have made it into the top 15. Well, guess what? They both made it into the top 15. Um, Brittany Charbonneau, the Funny Runner, Funny Runner 26.2, I think on Instagram, she was 13th and she's smiling the entire time. You have to get over and follow her. Um, just amazing performance. And then Nell Rojas, who I actually had on the pod the next week, I didn't plan it that way, but that's how it went. She was ninth. She's absolutely amazing. She trains like a CrossFitter. She's strong and positive and, you know, I'm just so proud of these women. Um, good job, Brittany. Good job, Nell. It's just the beginning of more incredible things to come. And then, oh, how about Sarah canny? So she, she stopped through Boulder on her way up to Leadville this week and where she did Snowshoe Nationals. I think she was seventh overall, like first in her age group, of course. And I believe she was the first sea leveler or close to sea level person, or whoever, you know, someone who didn't live at altitude. Sarah canny you are strong as shit. I'm proud of you. Good job. Um, okay, so tomorrow night, by the time this airs, I think it'll be yesterday, <laughs> I am going to help Erin Weed do a dig. So if you listen to Erin Weed Digs You, she is my friend who helps people get down to their absolute core of their truth. Um, I did a dig with Aaron Weed. My word is relationship. Tomorrow I'm going to help her facilitate one in Denver. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait to go and feel that energy and uh, learn from a master. Okay, speaking of masters, so Ash Beckham. How cool is Ash? Uh, I love this woman. I try to include her in like every possible local event I ever do. So Ash is Probably one of my guests. She might actually have the most listens ever in the TED world. Um, from as a guest on my podcast, you'll have to go back and listen to her episode. She just uh, just released a book. It's actually on pre order. It'll be out soon. It's called "Step Up: How to Live with Courage and Become an Everyday Leader." Yes, that is the kind of book we all need. So get over to Amazon, pre-order that thing. Okay, so then here's another crazy cool connection. Colleen Cannon, my little energy soulmate who puts on all her women's quest retreats around the world. And Allison Teal. So Allison, I interviewed her a long time ago. She is like an environmentalist, really passionate about cleaning up the oceans. She was on Naked and Afraid, so here's how these two come together. Allison's parents are sort of renowned as being this like adventure family from back in the 70s, 80s, and uh, they did all kinds of cool adventure photography around the world and they settled in on the big island of Hawaii and they have this like tree house kind of house. Like this is like really cool residence that's, you know, near the ocean, right on the ocean and... So Colleen, I was talking to Colleen when I was in Costa Rica and I said, do you know who Allison Teal is? And she said, that's whose house we stay at for our Big Island Dolphin Mermaid Retreat. I was like, oh my God, how many more things can come together here? So all these incredible positive things are happening in the midst of it one of my most favorite people in the world recognized as one of Tony Robbins' top 10 best speakers in his in his little field army of speakers Siri Lindley world champion athlete she's just incredible incredibly inspirational she was recently diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia and she's been battling it um in February, she had a stem cell transplant. She finished up a clinical trial and I believe on February 21st announced remission. She's absolutely incredible. I need to get her back on the show and uh, just learn how she's been able to get through this crazy period of her life. Make sure you follow her as well. All right. That's just a snippet. I mean, I've had 160 guests. They're all doing cool things. So uh, just another reason to maybe go back into the files and listen to some more of these cool conversations. All right, so I'm loving on everyone right now, and I think it's time for me to get loving on today's guest, Carolyn Yates. You know, I knew I would like her when she walked in my door, pulled out a pelvis, and then I think the vagina fell off of it. I'm not kidding. She has this like pelvic floor, pelvis model. She like pulled it out of the bag, and then I was like, Oh, let me see that. And then this like thing fell off, and she's like, Here you go. Or I handed it to her, Here's the vagina. And we were laughing. And um, she, you know what she's doing? She is making a topic that is so hard to talk about, she's making it comfortable. And she's making it accessible for people who have issues with their pelvic floor, which often include incontinence. And here's the deal. I'm not a big fan of like medical terms for all the words, right? I mean, of course, now that I have a daughter, I use words like vagina, but like you know, she's, we're talking about things like incontinence where you're dripping, you're peeing, or it can be um, fecal incontinence, right? That's not a word I commonly use. All this stuff, we just sort of flow through it. You guys are going to love this conversation. We talk about pregnancy. We talk about exercising through pregnancy. We talk about what to do when you come out the other side and how to safely and healthily, if that's a word, um, get get back going. We talk about periods. We talk about orgasms. That was kind of a fun surprise. Um, We talk about Gosh, her path to becoming a pelvic floor therapist and the crazy stuff they have to do in room in a room full of uh, students <laughs> who are giving each other self-exams. It's insane. So here's the deal. At the end of the day, at the end of this episode, I think you're going to want to check out Carolyn's website. We're going to put it in the show notes. It is Verity, V-E-R-I-T-Y pt.org. She offers all kinds of services, whether you are local or whether you don't live around here, you can still get a piece of what Carolyn has to offer this world. And really at the end of the day, what that is, is freedom. All right. I think that's it for the warm up. Let's get her on the show. <laughs> oh my God, you are like the perfect outfit for a podcast.
1: Um, yeah, I'm comfortable, but I feel like I look professional.
0: You're super professional. <laughs> like I'm like, really nervous now. Oh
1: goodness, don't be, please. I'm just kidding. No, no, no.
0: No, I am, I am, but I'm not. I am only because like I'm going to learn about this whole new field of expertise that's been like a huge mystery to me. Yeah. And the really interesting thing is that I have, people have suggested, including my ob and friends that I do visit a pelvic floor specialist someday. Good, well, I'm happy it's been recommended. Yes, so a while ago, maybe year and a half ago, I did have another guest on who's a pelvic floor specialist. She's a skirt mm-hmm. ambassador. We did a 10 minute interview. Huh. We couldn't get very far. It was a short one. It was okay. purposely a short interview. Okay. So today, so if anybody's listened to Kaylee Lamont from all those long, you know, many months ago, you might have an idea of what we're about to talk about, but guess what? We're going to get deep today. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Carolyn, thank you for coming on the show. My pleasure. I'm happy to be here. It's cool. We got connected because I think you reached out to me. Yep. Yep. Right.
1: I'm just uh, trying to spread the word. It's like my mission in life is just to really spread the word on pelvic floor physical therapy and how it can help so many people. And I hate that people suffer in silence. So, yeah, I've just been trying to do outreach as much as possible. And that's how I found you. And just, yeah. Right? I mean,
0: it, you know it's all about helping each other, right? Yeah. And I love this phrase that you've used which is I want to end the um you know the plague of women suffering in silence yeah. on all things pelvic floor. So what are all things pelvic floor by the way? what does that mean why would they be suffering what are they suffering from
1: yeah i mean plenty of women you know suffer from incontinence um you know when they're running or just like deep pelvic pain or pain with intercourse just things that you know we can live our lives with but it affects our lives every single day and can frankly be treated and helped pretty easily um with just some education and and being pointed in the right direction and that's where people kind of get to suffering in silence because they don't know where to go it's also a very private area so and our society doesn't really talk about it very much which is like another mission in my life is to just be like hey let's talk about poop and pee and sex we all do it At least the first two every day, hopefully. (laughs) If you don't, you should go to a pelvic floor physical therapist. Yeah, (laughs) yes. And the third, third. you know, maybe the world would be, like, a happier, like, more loving place if we all did the third (laughs) more often as well, so. (laughs) I love this.
0: Yeah. You know, I don't know if you know about the gotta-go skirt, I, Did you ever hear about oh, this little I think I know where you're going, but... Um, okay, so years ago, Skirt Sports launched a Kickstarter for a product that customers have been asking me to make for years, and we named it the Gotta Go Skirt. It was amazing. a skirt that had this flap that you could open, so in the middle of the run, it made it very easy to relieve wow. yourself, right? Okay, yeah. But. So we we were uh, this came to us because people who had incontinence or other issues, mm-hmm. you know, were kind of speaking loudly like, "Come on, take mm-hmm. our issues seriously." And until I was literally of like a certain age, I really, I think, I honestly didn't take those issues seriously. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a myth there, first yeah. of all, that you have to be a certain age to have like problems with you know peeing frequently or whatever it is um but we launched this gotta go skirt and the key to its success is that we made these issues something not only okay to talk about in public but kind of fun to talk about in public and we were focused on um incontinence like uh, exercise induced if that's really a thing we can get into um heavy periods Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know, something else, but I think we also made a joke about it being the easy access skirt. <laughs> <Great>. So <laughs> you don't That's have to draft down. <laughs> Nobody really knows what you're doing if you're very discreet. Um, so anyway, I thought, you know, this was really fitting because I do believe that these topics need to be discussed and yes. we need to get rid of the, uh, I don't know, what's the right word? Common is normal. Yes. Just like
1: this is my life now it doesn't have to be um and yeah just the stigma of we can't talk about it or you know we should just be open about these things and you know make it easier for people to talk about cuz as soon as you start being open about it other people will be like oh yeah i have that or you know i have this issue or you have that too, oh my goodness, Like, what do you do for it, so. Well,
0: and you don't need to make it like your next post on Facebook. Right. But you can if you want to. Yeah, definitely. And if you do, you will probably be besieged with positive feedback from other people. Mm -hmm. So um, before we get into all things pelvic floor, let's talk about how you got into this field of work. Yeah. It's not (laughs) a very common field. I don't know very many people and I don't think there's a pelvic floor university. right okay
1: (laughs) no um yeah I mean to be honest like when I was in physical therapy school I did not think I would be doing pelvic floor PT um just because you know I was that person back then who you know oh we can't talk about poop and pee I mean when I was in PT school and you you know you have to do rotations and stuff to become a physical therapist um you have to your intake forms, you know, have the little checkbox, like for your patient, like, do you pee your pants or do you have pain with intercourse? And as a student, I was always like, please don't check that box. Please don't check that box because, you know, I would have to ask about it. And so awkward, right? I've come a long way since
0: then. Wow. Uh, Yeah. I didn't even think about it like (laughs) that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would say most physical therapy students dread those boxes being checked because people never talk about it. Just, you know, especially growing up and stuff. So, Anyways, I uh, moved to New York City shortly after graduating PT school, went through a couple of really crappy jobs, not fun bosses, and there was one place that I really wanted to work. It was very sport-centered. The boss, he was a athlete and really attracted a lot of athletes in New York City, and I wanted to work there so bad. And he offered me the job, but his one other employee, she did pelvic floor and just general sports, and she was kind of overwhelmed with mainly pelvic floor, and she wanted to be like 50-50, you know, of just general, you know, knee pain, hip pain. So he hired me and was like, but you have to do pelvic floor PT too. And I thought about it for a second and was like, yes, okay, whatever. I want to work here. And, um, he sent me to my first pelvic floor course because I graduated PT school with just a general degree. So, you know, getting the continuing ed was important, um, because of the nature of pelvic floor PT. But so I went to my first course and was just overwhelmed and just like, couldn't believe I was like in this amazing room with like 30 other women talking about these things that nobody talks about but it was like wait we need to talk about this like so many people have these issues and you know I had no idea and it turns out while I was at that first course I found out where some of my hip pain was coming from which is a whole other story I'm sure we'll talk about but um so I just was like floored by it and fell in love with it and have been doing it ever since and have, um, yeah, it's so rewarding to, you know, p- from a personal selfish standpoint to like help women, um, with these kind of primal things that we all do that can cause pain or dysfunction for people and, you know, help them with that and guide them and give them like
0: confidence and just reassurance even, you know, a couple things stand out for me, which, First of all, you mentioned the other woman in your practice and Mm -hmm. how she was overwhelmed with the pelvic floor, you know, work she was doing. There was too much, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. She was like not overwhelmed in like a bad way, just had lots of patients coming in and she, you know, wanted to continue with her like sports and ortho, you know, helping runners and stuff and just was, um, yeah. So she had a lot of,
0: there was a lot of need. Okay. Got it. So, um, does that mean? I mean, that to me is like a huge sign right off the bat mm-hmm. that, like, more people are dealing with these things than we ever think. Right? right. Yep. I mean, the, the
1: when when you start spreading awareness, the the suffering and silence can no longer be in silence and by themselves. They, you know, pe- more people know about these resources and that there are conservative treatment options for what what they're going through. And then, you know, they tell they maybe mention it to one of their good girlfriends who probably has never mentioned that they also have some sort of pain because you know again society we just don't talk about it as much and then it spreads and so yeah that's kind of where her overwhelm came from
0: okay so then i'm imagining you in so this is you go to pt school i mean that's no joke right like that's many years you're Mm -hmm. where'd you go to school for PT? a small school called belmont university in nashville
1: tennessee okay
0: got it wow okay a little tiny town no big Uh, town it's bigger it's definitely bigger now but that was a while ago yeah Yeah, small school and then you go up to the big city and so you were attracted to this clinic because were you an athlete
1: yes so i'm a runner at heart like i've been running since i mean i can remember i think like in kindergarten i ran like 800 meters with my mom every morning when she was going out on like a eight mile run um so i've been running my whole life it's like my passion it is what fills me up you know like i do it for actual exercise and health sometimes but most of the time it's like my happy place um, yeah
0: so your mom was your influence huh yes wow she was. that's absolutely amazing yeah she, you know i i would say not very many women like you're younger than me so maybe your mom was more like kind of empowered in the fitness world but mm-hmm. in my group and generation in the 40s and 50s growing up we were maybe more influenced by watching our our dads yeah. do sport mm-hmm. right yeah. so i find that awesome yeah yeah, my mom
1: was definitely, and she also has the same love of running. Unfortunately, she's had multiple knee injuries and stuff from crazy, unfortunate accidents. So she can no longer run, but she, she, I think it's her, her joy from watching me run and come into races and stuff when I do race.
0: So. Oh my gosh. Did you give her any PT? Um, I have given her PT. When I go home, <laughs> like
1: I'll treat her knee, you know, she's had multiple surgeries, so it gets tight and sore. So yeah, I'll treat her when I go home.
0: How does that work when people are like... Hey, you're a PT. Do they like start just you know really holidays? Yeah, holidays of aches and pains. Holidays.
1: Actually, yeah. When I'm home for the holidays, I always have you know an uncle being like, "Oh, my neck hurts," or "This knee hurts," or I'll even have family members like call me and tell me about. And I'm like, "I, I need you probably just need to go to a PT around you. Like I need to like have my hands on you." But um, this last Christmas, one of my my Secret Santa gift was that uh, we do like a white elephant kind of thing, and um, uh, was. Uh, 30 minute neck treatment. Um, and it got passed around three times and it was stolen. I don't know if you know white elephant, but um, my family does white elephant for Christmas, like with my huge family, like there was like 20 of us, 30 of us. And, um, yeah, my gift was very popular.
0: Oh, I mean, I, I wish I was in your family. I take it. Actually, maybe we'll have to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> squeeze that in at the end of the interview. Um, okay, so so you do PT school, and then mm-hmm. you're like, okay, now I'm going to do this pelvic floor thing, even though it wasn't like you didn't think it would be your passion. I find that really interesting, that yeah. we often find our passions accidentally. Yeah. I mean, do you definitely. have any other examples of that in your life? Um
1: well yeah i guess kind of more recently um dancing has become a huge passion of mine i have been going to uh west coast swing dance lessons now this has been a surprising passion it is like my other new happy place um every thursday night at the avalon here in boulder at
0: the avalon That's isn't that so that kind fun. of weird place on yeah. arapaho yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. it's mm-hmm. pretty
1: weird looking but yeah my mom and stepdad they actually met many many years ago West Coast Swing Dancing and I love watching them like at weddings and stuff and for the longest time I've wanted to go to lessons and I just haven't done it and then finally in mid-December I was like you know what I'm gonna go and I just went last night and it was just it's just so fun. So yes, that was an ex- unexpected passion of mine. So
0: did you go solo? Yes. Oh, I wow. <laughs> Cause you know, I recall there's a, a background story of what brought you to Boulder. I want to come, I'm going to come back to pelvic floor, but let's just <laughs> yeah. follow your trajectory for a minute. So what brought you to Boulder?
1: Well, what brought me to Boulder were the amazing mountains and nature. Cause I lived in New York city for six years and th- Plenty of time in New York City. It was a fun place, but um, not my forever home. I had actually come to Denver, I think like six months after moving to New York City um, for a pelvic floor course. And I took an extra day off, drove, went running um, in El Dorado Canyon, and then went to breakfast on Pearl Street and was just like, wow, this place is amazing. I'm from Northern California originally. So, like, I have a love for the mountains and nature. And so, ever since then, I was like I have to live in Boulder and then um finally the opportunity arose and um moved here back in April of 2019 with um a man that I do have to say little little asterisk you know this was my my dream he was very excited to move here as well but Boulder was like my place that i really wanted to move to so unfortunately he's not in my life anymore but that's okay we're we're making it and this place is an amazing place and yeah i'm finding finding my way solo now but that's okay
0: so you guys broke up and then you signed up for dance lessons
1: yeah actually we (laughs) broke up like right before thanksgiving and we had on we you know shared google calendars and on our calendar the week after thanksgiving we were supposed to go to this dance lesson and i was like you know what i'm still gonna go And I went and I've been going... I literally don't... I try not to schedule anything on Thursday evenings because I'm like, this is my my favorite place to be. Oh my
0: God, I love this story. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so all right got it so we know why you're here now um yeah. and we got a little personal background too yeah. and i'm sorry about that breakup okay. it's been a few months but does it feel pretty liberating right
1: now getting there moments you know i'm still still you know kind of muddling through some things but i'm getting there and i know i'll be okay and thrive and just gotta find my footing on my own
0: Can I ask you a couple more questions about this? This was not going to be part of the interview, but now I'm really (laughs) intrigued. How long were you guys dating? Um, A little over two years. And so you were reaching that point of like, this is a really serious relationship.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I think we were already there, um, which is one of the more frustrating parts of it is like, we moved across the country together. So I felt like that like elevated a little bit and then, you know, things kind of went south and, but can't, You can only want it so badly for you know on your own side of things you can't make another person so
0: that's absolutely true and and if you went to that next level of like say getting married or having Mm -hmm. a kid together or something and you knew it wasn't quite right it's just that much more messy and tricky and hard
1: yep absolutely so that's where i'm holding on and i will find what is right in my life eventually. And for now, I'm just working on myself. That's why I'm going to dance lessons and doing things like going, leaving on a little quick trip to Mexico tomorrow, just a five-day trip, you know, doing solo things and finding finding hey, my joys.
0: You're going by yourself to Mexico? Yeah. Ooh. So <laughs> what do you do on a trip by yourself to a foreign country?
1: Well, I'm going to Sayulita, Mexico. I really want to surf and just lay on the beach for a few days. I love Boulder, but um, I, I miss... The water and I—I I really am a warm weather person. If I could live somewhere that was bolder but really, really warm all year round, I would—I would probably live there. Um, I should actually just move back home. I'm from Marin County, California, which is just a basically dream.
0: what you just yeah. <laughs> <Described>. <laughs> <It's> a dream. <laughs> Every time
1: I go home, I'm like, I can't believe I grew up here. I'm was so spoiled. But so I'm just gonna lay on the beach, surf. Maybe do some yoga, you know, maybe, maybe have some, drink some tequila, you know, here and there.
0: Oh my <laughs> gosh. This is, uh, minus the tequila, mm-hmm. I would be with you all the way. <laughs> I don't know if I told you this, but I learned how to surf a few years ago. Oh, Everybody listening knows because I talk about it in every freaking <laughs> interview. Um, and I just got back from Costa Rica oh, a couple of weeks ago. love Costa Rica. Life-changing experience yes. every time I go. I'm getting a little better each time. Nice. My board was just around eight feet this oh, time. Oh, okay. Not eight six. Okay. It was an eight two. So I'm getting there. (laughs) You're probably like... No, I'm not like a big surfer at all. I jokingly say
1: like, sometimes I would just rather like sit on my board out beyond the break and just hang out in the warm water. Um, Because I learned to surf in Costa Rica as well. A few years ago, I actually did not grow up surfing in California because... The water is freezing. Horrible. Um, Why would you? Yeah. So I've surfed uh, in Costa Rica and then in um, like out in the in Montauk, out of in New New York, um, some. So I'm not like some crazy good surfer. I just literally want to get on a longboard and surf some like little small two foot, three foot (sighs) waves and just have a
0: day. And yeah. So sounds so heavenly. Yes. Um, Okay. But let's get back to pelvic floors. Okay. So here you are. You're taking this class. Mm -hmm. So are all the other people in the class? Do you have to be a PT or have to have training prior to specializing in pelvic floor? Yes. Um, the classes, it depends on what you're
1: taking. Um, you, I think some of them, you know, you could be a nurse and go to them or some other healthcare prof- professional, but yes, you have to have some, you know, actual healthcare background to go to these classes. Um, so PTAs, PTs, students, okay. physical therapy students can go, but yes.
0: So like if just so people know if they're visiting a pelvic floor specialist it's not someone who just took like an online course and that's it and so they're kind of like you know they these are mm-hmm. these are probably primarily women. Yes. Were there any men in your class? Um the I have been in classes
1: with men um and in that scenario the men are required to bring um a female with them to be their model because you do internal exams and stuff so and you partner up with basically strangers. But the way to learn is to do it on other people and have it done to you and, you know, just kind of with a man there, so... okay
0: that sounds so awkward like I'm imagining (laughs) this room of like 30 people and then half of them just like take off their pants or something like how does this work is that like that's very accurate (laughs) I mean my first
1: my first course I mean I was definitely like okay um this is happening like everyone's just dropping trowel and like getting on the table I mean we have we have
0: towels and stuff you know to keep but still like yeah it's um it's like a big locker room and you're doing something that if you were with your partner would seem like it was this intimate act Mm -hmm. but this was a this is a professional you know learning environment right absolutely yeah okay so you do like in the classes you're learning about all the things and then you're doing exams Mm -hmm. um like You discovered something really crazy in your class, right? right? Okay, you gotta share.
1: um, I had been having some pretty bad hip pain for a while running um, in New York and, you know, being a physical therapist, tried to do my own, you know, treatment and like hip strengthening and trying to work it out. Hadn't really gotten any imaging yet, um, but like had to really pull back on my running. It was pretty pretty devastating not not fun in a new city it was like pretty early on being there and was trying to like get into the running community and just had to keep pulling back and um I went to my first course and (laughs) we did our first internal exam and I had told you know my partner um she had been doing pelvic floor for like six months my my table partner and I was kind of telling her about because you always have to be like do you have anything have you had babies like what's your personal history um just so that they know and I told her I've been having this hip pain I don't know what it is you know sometimes I get like zinger kind of pain in my pelvic floor but I'm not really sure and she did an exam on me and she's like, it might be this muscle, which is called the obturator internus, which I, I could talk for
0: hours about that. I've muscle. never heard of the obturator internus.
1: Most people haven't. Um, it's a hip stabilizer muscle, a deep external rotator. So it, as, as runner most runners out there probably listening have done some form of hip strengthening exercises. And so you're also strengthening this muscle. However, um, it's really deep in the pelvis. It wraps around and out and it does external rotation, but, um, I always say it's such an important hip stabilizer, but it never gets any TLC like our other hip stabilizer muscles, like our glute med and, um, glute max. And like, you know, we foam roll our quads, we foam roll our glutes, you know, do stretches and whatnot. But the obturator internist never gets any, any TLC cause it's in a weird place. Um, and people don't really know about it. But so if you never did any sort of TLC to any of these other muscles, they would probably get angry, maybe some trigger points in them and cause you pain. So the obturator, is just that um, it doesn't really get TLC, and in, in some people, you can get trigger points in it and issues going on and so turns out that was my pain the woman who was doing the internal on me got right on that muscle and i just almost jumped off the table i was like oh my god in the room
0: full of pain. people were they all like whoa yeah i mean around like
1: you know i kind of was like whoa and <laughs> and you know some people I imagine her, like cheering "Yay, we solved a mystery <laughs> right right yeah so um that is great to solve a solve a mystery like that my my history the reason why i have it why why it was angry was a little bit of a roundabout way to get to but um and I don't know if you want me to go into it but yeah go into it I ended up going to a because I still lived in New York City um I went to a pelvic pain specialist who did injections trigger point injections um and she basically said you know if this doesn't work we're going to do some imaging because if it if it is trigger point and purely muscular, and like for some reason you're getting some tension in that muscle, then these injections will work for sure. Unfortunately, they didn't, they took my pain away a little bit, but they didn't really resolve it. So we did some imaging, and it turns out I have some cysts on uh, my sacrum pushing on my S234 nerves. They will occasionally push on it. So cysts can, you know, get bigger and smaller. We, you know, don't really know why they inflame and whatnot. But so mine were a little bit inflamed and pushing on the nerve that went to this muscle. So basically my answers are like, okay, sometimes I'll have an inflammation or it'll be inflamed and causing pain in that spot. And I can do some self-treatment to help keep the pain at bay. Um, But personally, it's kind of one of those things, a management thing, but I know things I can do like release the obturator, do some stretches and stuff to help it when it is really painful.
0: Oh my gosh, so really the message is like, it's about learning your own body yeah. and these mysterious places, mm-hmm. you know, that we only relate to like sex or having babies right. or peeing that actually can impact a lot of other parts of our body.
1: Yeah, wow. and I mean, I always just like to bring it down like like to the le- a level of the playing field. The pelvic floor, specifically, especially related to physical therapy, is made up of muscles, like, um, maybe we'll show in the show notes or something, a picture of, um, the model here, but, um, the pelvic floor is made up of muscle. So if you, you know, tear your hamstring or get a, a, like an injury to your quad or something, think about what you would do for that. And use those same principles if you have some issue going on in your pelvic floor. They're muscles too. So when you have weakness, what do you do? You strengthen. If you have a lot of tightness, you stretch, you know. So I just like to try to like level the playing field. The pelvic floor is a very private area, yes, but it also is made up of joints and ligaments and muscles just like everywhere else in our body. And you can put the same concepts to the
0: pelvic floor. So if a woman... Okay, so let's talk about what pelvic floor therapy really is. So what can a woman expect when she comes to visit you?
1: Yeah. Um, Well, just in general, you know, a lot of education, for sure. The first session, Um, I get my pelvic model out, you know, talk about, you know, the joints and the muscles and stuff, and then an internal exam. Um, So I always just like to say, if you are going to a pelvic floor physical therapist that does not do internal they should not be calling themselves a pelvic floor physical therapist because you need to be able to assess the muscles internally because again they're all there's a lot of muscles up there um and you're just not doing justice to the patient if you're not doing an internal so if you're going to a pelvic floor pt and they've never done an internal on you i would ask them to do one <laughs> which might be weird for you but those you need to be able to know if your muscles are strong if they're really tight if you're able to Perform a kegel or a pelvic floor contraction a lot of people think that they're doing kegels and they're really just clenching their butt or clenching their adductors Um, they're not actually doing a pelvic floor contraction because awareness of the pelvic floor is just not really there and with some just education and um, Like some visualization stuff people get much better at it. So Anyways, back to your question. Um, I actually
0: haven't been listening since you said Kegel because now I'm just sitting here doing them. Um, okay, yes, that's so that's very common. So it is like it's a vaginal entry, or do you is it also like through your butt? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so typically with women, so pelvic uh, men have pelvic floors too, let's not forget. So, and I have treated men personally. Um, if a man does come in and he's having like this deep, like if he has obturator pain, the best way to release the obstrator is vaginally or actually rectally is actually the best way to do it but most women i will do vaginal release because it's much more comfortable but um yeah rectal exams are warranted sometimes because again their muscles um and the you know between the distance between your rectum and vagina is very very small amount of space and all the muscles they're all the same (laughs) or not the same, but, you know, they all wrap around the rectum and the vagina and they're all very interconnected. So, um, yes, internal exam means exactly what it sounds like. Um, One gloved finger vaginally or rectally to assess muscle tightness, muscle strength, um, ability to stretch. And, um, you know, in women postpartum, it might be things like assessing for prolapse and um, other painful points and just assessing for trigger points,
0: too. So I've talked to many women who've been like, "Oh my gosh, I went to a pelvic. I had pain forever, and then I went to a pelvic floor specialist, and like three appointments later, I was fine." Or I figured out she told me I had a weak muscle, and then we strengthened it, and I was fine. Like, mm-hmm. is that normal? That it it has it? Mm-hmm. The results can be that quick.
1: Yeah, it definitely can. I mean, there are there are times where you know it's going to be a longer haul, um, but. I've had patients, you know, like who have this deep hip pain and they've been going to PT, general PT for, you know, three months and it's getting kind of better. Or they're maybe having like high ham- hamstring pain or groin pain. And then I, they somehow come to me and um, I'm like, I want to do an internal with you. Um, Cause I think it might be this muscle. And yeah, sure enough, it's that muscle do two or three sessions of trigger point release with some some other activation exercises, give them some things to do at home. And yeah, it's gone. Um, Another example of a a not as quick, but um, pretty, pretty quick resolution was I had a patient, she was like 23 years old, never had any kids, was having incontinence and pain with intercourse and did not have a history of abuse or anything like that. And um, turns out she had really tight pelvic floor. And, you know, normally that, can happen after having babies or uh, abuse or something but sometimes i just tell people some people carry their stress in their like neck and upper traps and they're constantly pulling their shoulders up and some people clench their pelvic floor all day every day and have no idea because again the awareness factor is not there so i you know did an internal with her definitely a lot of tightness but i also educated her on like learning how to relax your pelvic floor I call it kind of a bulge of your pelvic floor um and to just cue in throughout the day she was a student she was really stressed and I was like okay like now tomorrow or the next week pay attention when you're really stressed are you clenching your pelvic floor she emailed me 2 days later being like holy crap I have been clenching my pelvic floor all all day and she's so it took a little bit longer because you know that you know stretching and relaxation takes a little longer but her incontinence has like 95% resolved her pain with sex has gone way down um and just her awareness is right there so sometimes it is a quick sometimes it is really quick uh resolution if you can like find that one spot and sometimes it's a quick um wow to that wow factor of oh that is why I'm having it and then it's going to be a little bit of a journey of you know exercises or stretches but
0: yeah got it oh my gosh I'm so glad you gave an example of a younger woman who hadn't already had a kid. Cause a lot of times, you know, I hear stories from women who are either getting older mm-hmm. and so whatever's going on, we could talk about that. Like maybe we get weaker, yeah. you know, like mm-hmm. our muscles are aging, um, or women who are pregnant or just had babies or yeah. still recovering from having babies. They seem to have they talk about it more, at least. Right. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Well, Poor especially
1: postpartum women, you know, I, I, so many of my patients, like, you know, we'll get on the table. They're just like, they're like, I don't care what, you know, like I've had so many pelvic exams lately, you know, so yeah. Um, Bring it on. <laughs> yeah. Just help yeah. me solve it. <laughs> right.
0: Right. Um, well, let's talk about that. Let's actually talk a little bit about pregnancy then. Kay. And maybe even, maybe we could talk about what happens when you're trying to get pregnant during pregnancy and then what you can do afterwards okay i mean can you does your work help inform even like the process of getting pregnant
1: um i mean preparing your body yeah yeah well preparing your body is definitely a thing that i'm all about i mean i think every person should at least go to a pelvic floor education thing to just learn about their pelvic floor. I'm a huge proponent of like, if you are pregnant, come in and see a pelvic floor physical therapist like in the second or third trimester to just learn about your pelvic floor, learn about um, like ways to kind of stretch and relax your pelvic floor because passing a baby vaginally, I like to always tell people, you know, technically you should be relaxing your pelvic floor. I'm I always joke with my patients, like, I'm sure they're not going to be thinking, oh, Carolyn told me to relax my pelvic floor in the middle of a contraction, but.
0: <laughs> totally. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> not
1: not necessarily thinking that, but um, having that awareness and, like, just the muscle memory from your brain of that you should be relaxing your pelvic floor as you, you know, pass, pass a bowel or have your baby um, is a good thing for your brain to kind of know about. So. From a getting pregnant standpoint, not my wheelhouse. There might be some pelvic floor physical therapists who... Oh, wait. Int-
0: there might be one thing. When you're trying to get pregnant, you're usually having sex. Yes. <laughs> and I think Typically. you might have some suggestions on how <laughs> possibly orgasms could be even better through the work you do. Yeah, so- That's worth discussing. <laughs> totally. Let's- Let's hit on that one.
1: Well, I guess, you know, yes, you have to. um, Sex is an important part of getting pregnant. Um, So just the enjoyment of intercourse is important. Um, So touching on the like pain with intercourse, um, that is a thing to, you know, work on. You don't have to have pain with intercourse. Um, There are things you can do for that. But also when we orgasm, um, men and women, the pelvic floor muscles actually kind of spasm and it makes the orgasm feel better so like little contract relax of your pelvic floor muscles. If you have really tight muscles or even weak muscles, um, your orgasm won't be as strong because the muscles can't contract and relax as strongly as they would if they were really mobile and, you know, nice and strong and whatnot so I also I, I joke a lot apparently um jokingly say like go and see a pelvic floor physical therapist to improve your uh, sex life like I can't bill insurances for that but uh
0: <laughs> <laughs> but we should make it a thing you oh, can bill your yeah, insurance right. for it.
1: <laughs> but yeah I mean that is a reason like just learning basically awareness of your pelvic floor and like understanding of those being that it being a muscle and you can contract and relax and you can stretch it, like is gonna improve your sex life and your your orgasms and whatnot.
0: I know we're gonna look at this model and do a video later. It's gonna be on the show notes, but where exactly is your pelvic floor. Yeah. Um, if everyone listening wants to kind of like do this little exercise,
1: if you're sitting, um, just kind of like tilt your hips side to side so you can like kind of feel your sit bones. So, you know, those bones, like if you're sitting on something hard, you can really feel them. So side to side and then kind of tilt forward and back. Like you're trying to push your pubic bone into whatever you're sitting on and then tilting the other way, trying to push like your tailbone down. So think about those four points of contact. I mean, you, you probably, not going to feel your pubic bone hitting anything or even your tailbone because we we have you know soft tissue in the way but you can definitely feel your sit bones probably um so those four points of contact if you think what's between them that is the pelvic floor those are the muscles um in that area yeah
0: all right i got it i've been doing it great i'm gonna be doing that <laughs> kegels all kinds of stuff the rest of the interview um okay so so say someone gets pregnant hmm and is there anything like one of my biggest fears well first of all i had two big fears one well there were a lot of fears okay more than two (laughs) but um one mystery i was trying to solve or like determine for myself was how i could safely exercise because one of my big fears was that i was told if i ran too much or too long throughout a pregnancy or did things that were too high impact then i could potentially damage my pelvic floor forever Mm -hmm. by having this big heavy you know baby bouncing on it right so is that a myth like what or maybe you can tackle that in parts like let's talk about the exercise talk about how you can is that even true what I just said yeah um obviously
1: every woman is different and it depends on a lot of factors um you know how many children you've had and what your exercise history was like before you started or before you got pregnant, um, definitely not suggesting anybody start running when they get pregnant. Um, it's not a time to start a new type of exercise, especially a high impact one. But I, unfortunately the research out there just in general for like a concrete stuff to say about that is not super great. We don't have enough, so we need more, but, um, I tell people, listen to your body. Your body is going to tell you when you should stop running. If you're not feeling right, don't push that away. Like just listen to your body. And if you're only, you know, three months in and your body's starting to feel weird, like I know it's rough and I'm, I, I love running. And when I can't run, it drives me crazy, but you know, your body will tell you when to stop. There are, you know, support garments and stuff like that. Like if your belly is feeling heavy, but like you feel pretty good overall, you can try some support garments. But if you're feeling like pressure and heaviness or any pain, that's when you should stop. Um, but yeah, in pregnancy, I just say, listen to your body. You know, you there are like certain... Um, Uh, guidelines of, you know, you don't want to be exercising in the heat. Um, You don't want your heart rate to go super high, Um, things like that. But really, it's your body's going to tell you when you should stop. So,
0: okay, so like there was one book that existed Mm -hmm. and I just saw that they have a second edition. I don't know if there's more books out there. It was called Exercising Through Pregnancy. And it was the only because I was looking for information that told me it was okay to even exercise Mm -hmm. because a lot of books out there like the girlfriend's guide or Mm -hmm. you know whatever they would just be like what's hey you don't even need to do it just Mm -hmm. go have lunch with a friend (laughs) you know and I was like but I want to exercise I've always been an athlete and I I I thought that it would keep me stronger and help me on the flip side after I had the baby be able to come out of it easier I'm not sure how true any of that was for me personally, but um, but this book said it was okay to exercise. Yeah. And it, it gave that like approval and that you could even do some hard exercise yes. as long as you're smart and safe. And I'll tell you one thing I noticed was that I just had to bring a ton of, like, hydration with me. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, in my past life, it'd be like if it was an hour or less on a run or something, I wouldn't even bring water. But now I would go out for 20 minutes. I would drink, like, a whole water bottle Yeah, I was pregnant. But it felt, you know, so I do think there's such a... That that advice of listening to your body is so important, Mm -hmm. especially as your body's changing and it feels like a foreign body. Yeah,
1: definitely. And, I mean, there are, I think... 100% the recommendations have changed or the recommendations have come out, you know, from um, American college of gynecologists and obstetrics. Um, I think it's 150 minutes of exercise every week for women when you're pregnant. Um, and of, of course that varies from woman to woman, depending on their background of exercise and you can do higher intensity stuff, um, but yeah, so the recommendations are definitely exercise while you're pregnant and it just depends on each person um, yeah. and what they, what they do and what they've been doing and whatnot. So, yeah. So
0: do you help women with pelvic floor when they're pregnant?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause things can start cropping up. I mean, sometimes women start getting incontinence while they're pregnant or, um, you know, maybe having some like prolapse symptoms and stuff. So, uh, or just some pain like pelvic pain. Like I recently had a, a pregnant woman, she was in her second trimester and she was having, um, what I thought before I did the internal obturator stuff. And sure enough, we did, I think two or three sessions and resolved her pain. And I think she's due very soon. Um, but her pain completely went away. Um, so yeah, I do internal work with women, um, in second and third trimester. I tend to not in the first trimester, but, um, I always say uh, you're allowed to have sex while you're pregnant. So what I'm doing is way less of a <laughs> invasive uh, in, <laughs> into the vaginal canal than, um, than penetrative
0: intercourse. We've we've all got the visual. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so um, talk about what is prolapse? Prolapse is technically um, when an
1: organ is kind of falling out of place. So our organs are held up um, supportive systems, you know, like our pelvic floor is the kind of last line of defense. It's like our muscular support. It's the pelvic diaphragm, but also, you know, our uterus and, um, bladder and rectum and all these other organs, they're held up by ligaments in the in the abdominal cavity as well. So prolapse is when one of those organs is kind of falling out of where it's supposed to be. And that's going to give you some pressure and heaviness symptoms in your pelvic floor if it's a pelvic organ. Um, and typically when I ask women, do you have any pressure or heaviness symptoms or prolapse symptoms? If you don't have those, those words will not resonate with you. If you do, then 100% you'll be like, yes, that sounds exactly like like pressure or heaviness. So um, that that sensation. And it can start happening while you are pregnant, um, especially more um, second, third pregnancies. Like if a prolapse kind of was happening after a first pregnancy, it can kind of come back if you didn't do some rehab for it. Um, But also postpartum, that is a complication that happens And especially in people who go back to running too soon or impact too soon because everything's kind of coming back into place. Your muscles have just been really stretched out and going back to impact too soon can um, kind of exacerbate a a prolapse that maybe would have resolved a little bit better if um, you had waited a little longer. So
0: I think one of the tough things is this idea of too soon, I think might... also be very specific Mm -hmm. by person so how does someone determine you know what's the right time yeah
1: that's a that is a very hard one for me to um you know work with women especially like runners who you know that's their love and they want to get back to it my recommendation and um i don't like telling people not to run but postpartum don't run until three months That is my recommendation. Again, there's not a ton of research out there, but um, there was recently a a report put out um, from some UK researchers that were like, you know, from the research that we pooled together, this is what we really recommend. Now, personally, you know, if you wait three months to run and maybe you stopped running at like six or seven months while you were pregnant, that's a long time to not be doing impact. So I'm also in the school of thought of like, you don't go from zero to 100 in one day. So you don't go from no impact for four months to I'm gonna go run 20 minutes or even five minutes would be a lot on that day one. So personally, I recommend to my patients, especially the ones wanting to get back to running at about six weeks, we start integrating like plyometrics and some running drills into their like pre-cardio exercise. So maybe they are biking until they can run or doing the elliptical or something. So before those cardio things they're doing, I'm having them do a series of, you know, jogging in place or high skips or something. And it's progressive from week six to week 12. So that, their body isn't completely shocked on that day one of you know a one minute on one minute off type of thing but um and they're kind of like slowly starting to get that impact in but not at long intervals so it's like 30 seconds of jogging in place and then rest as opposed to straight five minutes of running which doesn't sound like a lot to probably most of the listeners but straight five minutes of running after four four months of nothing is a lot of impact
0: you know, I'm super relating to this. I, I have to go back a ways because my, my kiddo is now eight. But um, I had a C-section at mm-hmm. the very end, right? Yeah. Trying not to, and then yeah. it all hits the fan, and you yeah. have the C. That's okay. So I, what I remember is I could barely walk for a week. I mean, yeah. I could get up and walk around the place, but I tried to go for a walk outside a couple times the first week, and I felt drunk. And mm-hmm. I'm also sober. I haven't had a drink in many years and i don't like that feeling yeah and i was like wow my body really took a beating yeah okay and i think we don't give ourselves like enough respect that that's a serious surgery you know and whether you have a surgery or not if you have a vaginal birth um it your body's taking a serious beating so i remember trying to run at three months and it was too early. Yeah. So I waited about six months so before good. I ran. And that was, that did not mentally feel great, but I switched it up and did the hiking and, mm-hmm. and some various therapy to try to get my abs, um, yep. kind of knitted back together a little bit. So actually let's talk about that a little, um, Rectus diastasis, mm-hmm. right? Diastasis recti. Di- that's mm-hmm. what it is. Switch it around. Yeah, you know? switch it around. I don't know. Um, but that's where you know. Of course, you've had this baby, and stomachs get quite large. Yeah, right. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> our our muscles need to uh, separate a bit in order to accommodate that baby. So, yep. I still have a little separation there, not a lot, just a little. Mm -hmm. I've heard about people who could put a whole fist between, Mm -hmm. you know. Do you do that kind of PT for people, too, as part of your program? Yeah, and let me just say, like,
1: let's remember, there's a lot of information out there right now on diastasis, um, and I think a lot of people are, like, scared of it, very scared of it. And I always like to just just calm every one down and be like, okay, it it kind of has to happen. Like when your belly is growing, your rectus abdominis, your six pack muscles, they're, they're going to separate. So let's not panic. Um, there are definitely things to avoid, like let's not do sit-ups when we're pregnant, you know, try to roll to your side, try to avoid like exacerbating it more, but it's going to happen and it's okay. And postpartum, you know, you might have a separation for longer than you want. There are definitely things you can do. And then also some women's never go back together fully like yours. And I call that a functional diastasis as long as you have done your due diligence and have been doing some exercises to make sure that deep abdominal muscle called the transverse abdominus, which is like our corset muscle. I say it makes us skinny from the side. Um, that's kind of the stabilizer if that muscle is working really good and hard and you've you know rehabbed that muscle and you still have a little separation as long as when I'm checking you or if you're checking yourself when you engage that transverse abdominis and do like a little sit-up and your fingers don't just kind of like fall into the abyss then you have a functional diastasis and it's okay so it means your transverse is doing its job your rectus abdominis are kind of still apart and that's okay um, and yes, I do help women with the, with, uh, diastasis and, um, you know, educating most half of my job is educating on all these muscles that most people don't know about. So
0: you are like a healer who helps women learn their, the mysteries of their bodies. Yes. yes I love that. <laughs> um, let's talk about incontinence. Okay. What is it?
1: Incontinence is just, um, well there's fecal and urinary incontinence. So it just means that you are leaking Um, feces or or urine Um, most common it's urinary incontinence and um, postpartum there's there's three types of incontinence uh, urinary there's stress urge and then mixed so stress incontinence is like you sneeze you are doing jumping jacks Um, when you're laughing with your girlfriends you pee your pants a little bit and this is a classic one i mean my my mother won't won't mind me saying this but that woman she just every time she pees her pants she's like crossing her legs and it's like or when she's laughing hard she'll you know get mad at us for making her laugh hard she's like i'm peeing my pants you know um and i have friends
0: who have peed their pants since they were kids from laughing but is that incontinence well yeah or just that a is full bladder and you don't know when you have to go
1: yeah i mean it might be a co- that a combination of that but um and then urge incontinence is like um when all of a sudden you're just sitting there and you have to go really bad or um another common example of that is um like when you're putting the keys in your door at home and all of a sudden you're like oh I gotta pee I gotta pee I gotta pee
0: it's that last minute (laughs) buildup. like I cannot get there fast enough
1: right well that is a form of incontinence and um something I recommend trying to work on because most of the time you actually don't quote-unquote need to pee at that time but when you habitually pee so if you pee every time you get home your bladder I will say sometimes has a mind of its own and you can be in control of your bladder or it can be in control of you so next time you go pee as soon as you get home because you have a really strong urge count how long you pee for an adult bladder should hold you know—could you should be able to pee for a minimum of like 8 to 12 seconds. If you pee for 8 to 12 seconds, that means the urge was quote-unquote appropriate. If you only peed for like 4 seconds and you had a strong urge, that means your bladder was kind of in control of you and sending inappropriate signals to the brain. And it happens because it's a muscle. It can be trained. And so if you go pee every time you come home, when you put those keys in the door, your bladder is going to start contracting and you're going to think you have to pee. So I can talk for a long time about um, urge incontinence and those kind of like techniques to like work on that. But most people, um, I just say, count your pee next time you go. Think about how strong your urge was. If it was really strong and you only peed for four seconds, then you can just be like, okay, interesting. And then, you know, next time you get the urge, look look at the clock when you go pee. Next time you get the urge, if it's only 30 minutes later, you should not have to pee yet. So try to distract yourself for like five minutes and then if you still have to go really bad, it's okay, go. But, um, it's kind of like, uh, just getting good bladder health is just good for us in general. Um, so, you know, peeing a lot isn't the end of the world, but it does affect our quality of life. And especially as we get older, it affects our quality of life. So better to work on good bladder health now. And, um,
0: yeah. Okay. So, So if you're dripping with every step you take when you're running, is that stress? Yes. Okay. Most likely, yes. Yes. And then urge is like... Urgency, like mm-hmm. you feel all of a sudden, it comes on. you. Oh, you gotta go, right? And yeah. so that's where what you can try to train. Yeah, well, you can train them both,
1: but the urgency is a different type of training. It's more of like kind of like being aware of how much you know you're you're drinking and you know your strong urges and like not habitually peeing. And then the stress incontinence is probably more related to strength of your pelvic floor muscles, um, and can it it can. Yeah, and what you're doing. So, you know, okay. if you're doing jumping jacks and stuff, but it really is related to the strength of your pelvic floor muscles.
0: And then you said mixed? Yeah,
1: mixed is just a combo of the two. Combo. So those lucky people who have them both. Oh, isn't that lovely? <laughs> but it's typically not. I mean, it is not typically uh, just one or the other. Right. You
0: know? Okay. Yeah. So I'm 48. Um, 10 years ago, got pregnant or a little after, right? Mm-hmm. Before that, I didn't really understand this world at all and it was when I got pregnant that I for the first time sneezed and peed and I was like oh this is real and I wrote a blog about it and people Mm -hmm. like hundreds of people were like ha I get it (laughs) you get it um I have experienced urgency once okay and that was when I've had many IUDs in my life and um they it was after my baby and I think five years after I got, you know, put one in, then five, and that one actually I didn't even feel go in. Oh, wow. For the first time. Yeah, because (laughs) I was still, uh, yeah, it's always super painful. I'm like, I don't want to do this. And they'd be like, got it. Um, But five years later, I went to change it out. They put a new one in, super painful as, you know, it used to be. But then for two weeks, I was like, oh my God something's wrong Mm. I when I have to pee I gotta pee and so I finally went back in they did an ultrasound and the thing was pressing Mm. it was in wrong it was like sideways or something and so we took it out and and it completely went away wow but that's the kind of thing where I think sometimes we know we know what it is the doctors might not agree or whatever but kind of advocating your way sharing you know it helps to have a woman like you who really Wants to help people and you're coming at it both sort of medically and I don't know, holistically or like emotionally. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. The pelvic floor stuff is very related, emotional, you know, because it's private and um, there's just so. Yeah. So you can't avoid the like emotional side and just like the you know, empowerment side and stuff. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So it's like you're living in a world of women's empowerment from the inside out. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Can we talk about periods? Sure. I mean, we got to hit on all of it. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So another big thing is pain with periods. Mm -hmm. Um, You know what I experience now as I'm probably entering like perimenopause time in my life, but I have a little bit of like incontinence or drippy whatever when at a certain time in my mm. cycle every month and at, for a while I didn't really understand it I finally started to put it together when I got the period app on my phone yes. now I'm like I got the period tracker <laughs> yeah. now I know really paying attention totally to it. Yeah. um and I but I also feel that way like when I get sick mm. I'm like oh everything just feels weaker like I'm yeah. <laughs> just like every I can't control anything <laughs> um but you know, I really haven't experienced a lot of issues with my period, my entire life until now, mm. many women I talk to experience horrible issues from the time they have their very first period. Yeah. So is there anything in your line of work that, or any advice you have for people that can help them, um, you know, reduce the amount of pain they have or discomfort or whatever, bloating, yeah. all the other things that come with it?
1: Yeah. I mean, it, can be very obviously hormonal, um, which not my like wheelhouse at all. Um, And then also nutrition can have a big part in that. Um, From a physical therapy standpoint, when we have pain, muscles can like tighten up and almost go into spasm. And what, you know, sometimes people think spasm is like kind of like twitching kind of spasm, but a spasm can also just be the muscle like holding tight. Um, And so if you think about where, you know, the uterus is right there near the pelvic floor muscles. So when that is contracting and relaxing and, you know, causing crampy pain, you might be clenching your pelvic floor or it might be causing like your pelvic floor to kind of have some trigger points and stuff so i have had some patients who you know we do some trigger point release throughout their pelvic floor and it does help reduce their um like monthly cycle pain um does it go away completely no that is definitely something you know to work on with like birth control or you know diet and stuff i've had many many patients you know with diet changes they've been able to you know reduce their period symptoms um like what Gluten free. I've had a lot of people say like going off of gluten um has helped them a lot, which all the power to them. I don't know how they don't
0: eat a good yummy French baguette every I once in a while. No, I but. know, but there are some really great gluten free alternatives true, too. That's true. So when you figure that out, it's yeah. like a miracle. Yeah.
1: Ah, yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. What about
0: sugar? Sugar. Or, yeah. yeah.
1: I mean inflammatory foods you know anything if you're having like a lot of pain chronic pain or you know like you notice it's very related to your um, cycle and working on an anti-inflammatory diet can be really helpful and just reducing the inflammation in your body in general
0: so you are an empowered woman who's been on your own path and you've made it out to boulder and some <laughs> shit happened here and yet you know you're you're just you have a lightness about you you have a good energy and i can see that you know you really truly want to help people right yeah so on your path like has anyone really truly helped you like do you have any examples of i don't know people or stories that have really impacted your your ability to help others um yeah i mean I would definitely say
1: my, that boss who, who hired me and, you know, kind of was like, we're going to do this. Um, yeah, he was, he was great. Definitely helped me in that aspect of just like career wise. Um, since being here in Boulder and especially with the, you know, the, shit that's gone on i've had some people here that have just been so supportive um and really reaching out to me on a daily day to day basis and just checking in and also are in kind of like the birth world and stuff so they've been really supportive in that way um and then you know my my family my mom my stepdad uh, my brothers have i've I have five brothers, one one full brother, four step brothers and uh, two of my full brother and my one step brother and who live in California. They've been very supportive and stuff too. So, five yeah. brothers. <laughs> yes.
0: You've got to have some stories from that.
1: <laughs> I begged my mom t- when uh, she was remarrying to
0: marry somebody with a girl, but uh, she didn't. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's insane. So, it sounds like you have figured out that you also need to take time for yourself, hence your trip, your solo mm-hmm. trip.
1: Yeah working on it Um, I'm not the most I'm working on being comfortable solo Um, you know I I like being in relationships if I'm being totally honest and being around people but uh, I think it's a a skill one of my great girlfriends in New York City says um, like self-soothing and just like being content on your own is a, a muscle that we have and I have not really had to um and I've been in relationships for most of my adult life so I haven't had to work that muscle and as a physical therapist I was like wow that Corinne that really resonates with me and um so yeah I'm I'm getting there and I'm I have some girlfriends in New York who, you know, they're, they're, that muscle is really strong and they're like, it is awesome. Um, you know, some days when you're just out solo doing whatever you want. So I'm, I'm channeling it. So some other people that have really helped me out along the way are some my really close girlfriends in New York City. So love them.
0: You know, I imagine in your line of work too, like uh, you could go to a yoga class and if you're on the verge of something emotional, you can take that class and be weeping through it. I can imagine in your line of work, there may be a lot of release for (laughs) Mm -hmm. people.
1: Oh yeah. I've had many patients crying in my office and just like a nice release way of like, oh my goodness, somebody's listening to me because a lot of pelvic pain doctors kind of, they don't know what to do with it. And so there I have had patients who, you know, have had pain with intercourse and, you know, this deep pelvic pain that, you know, doctors are like, oh, just drink a glass of wine and like use some extra lube or we'll give like um, uh, lidocaine, not lidocaine, um, a topical anesthesia, anesthesia. Uh, <laughs> words, I get what you're saying, yeah. and And just kind of discount their pain and, um, so I've had many patients come in and I listen, and, you know, I'm like, no, oh, we can do something about this. And like people break down and, you know, I had a patient in New York who she, um, was engaged and had never really had good intercourse with her husband and wanted to have pain-free intercourse with him on their wedding night. And, uh, we worked together for a long time. And actually, I think it was like a year ago now I emailed her. This was a long time ago. And just to check in and You're
0: like, how's the sex going? Yeah, right. Basically. <laughs>
1: Um, and I like get goosebumps talking about this because she emailed me back and she's like, Carolyn, I'm so happy. I just a few months ago had my, we had a baby and like, she was just like, you know, I still like think about the time that I worked with you and like how much you helped me
0: and like, oh, it just, yeah, soothes my heart. Wow, okay, <clears throat> we're, we're winding down here but something else just crossed my mind. So mm-hmm. I, a company reached out to me a while ago and I realized that sitting right here in my office behind me is called Goal. Okay. It's one of those Kegel exercises. Let me find the box here.
1: (laughs) Oh, yes. Yep. Yeah.
0: So I got this and I was like, oh, I want to try that. Well, it turns out, you know, I needed to post on social media if I was going to try it. So you can look at my account and here I am holding (laughs) this little thing that some people said, that looks like a dildo I have at home. But um, it was, I think it's a little, I think it's helpful. Yeah. I don't know. What's your take on these? Because like Mm -hmm. we most people don't live with someone like you. They can't wake up and be (laughs) like, Hey, I'm going to get my pelvic floor work today. So do you think it's helpful to have a exerciser you can do at home?
1: Yes, there are, um, quite a few of these devices coming out. Um, and I think they are great for the people who need strengthening. So the, the caveat or the asterisk I put on this is that, you know, a while ago, you know, probably like back in the eighties and, you know, when kegels were kind of becoming the thing it was like okay we're gonna solve all your problems by doing kegels so kegel 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 all day and if you just like let's bring it to the bicep if you you know tore your bicep or had pain in your bicep you wouldn't go do bicep curls all day to fix it right you would do some other stuff so the kegel and like the lv and the other you know the exercisers that are out there are great. If you, uh, you know, need to strengthen and have like your, the awareness of your pelvic floor is just, you just can't find it. Cause I have some women who I do all my visualization, like we do internal work and it's just like, they can't find their pelvic floor and do that contraction. So these, um, are really great for that because it gives you a little proprioception cause you have to insert it vaginally. It pushes on the walls of your va- of vagina and like Proprioception is just kind of like knowing where your body is in space, and the pelvic floor is much harder because you can't see it. And we don't talk about it hardly um so these are are great for those people who you know are just trying to find that awareness and strengthen because it also has like a what i'm assuming this has like an app and you can yeah, watch the yeah. you can do a little exercise yeah. routine and stuff so that's great yeah
0: it's kind of like a tetris or yeah. something you know yeah. you're like bouncing Get the ball possibly. to go somewhere
1: by squeezing <laughs> Totally,
0: it's slightly distracting because this little arm that sticks off of it actually vibrates oh Oh, with the machine vibrates when you squeeze it. Okay. So like you have this feedback that you're, yeah. but there's vibration okay. all around the area. <laughs> so like stick with the workout ladies. Yeah, yeah. You, know? <laughs> you can do something else afterwards, whatever you want. Um, but yeah, good to know. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's great. So- so we've got we've got Carolyn that you can reach out to personally, yeah. and um, do you offer classes people can do virtually?
1: Yes. So I recently launched my um, postpartum return to run program, and um, just like a real quick synopsis on that, um, and we kind of talked about it earlier, but. Uh, w- having a baby is beautiful and natural and wonderful and people, you know, women have been doing it forever. Um, but it's also an intense event on the body. And I think we should treat it more of like, Hey, let's rehab our body after we have a baby, as opposed to this mentality of like, Oh, you're going to be fine. Like whatever happens now happens, you know, like you might pee your pants for the rest of your life or have prolapse or something, but that just comes with the territory. It doesn't have to. Um, and so, i created this program to reach more people and you know basically be like there are things you can do and you can their muscles and joints again you know you might have a little tearing or something so you have to be aware of that but um there are exercises you can start doing day one after having a baby to start re-engaging your muscles getting some mobility getting that um, strength kind of to start coming back if you had acl surgery you would start doing little quad sets which is just contracting and relaxing your quadricep Basically, day one after having surgery because you just want to remind your brain that the muscle is there and you want to get going. Same concept with the pelvic floor after having a baby. You want to start engaging those muscles, get moving. You know, if you have a C-section or a lot of tearing, things are going to be a little different, but still you can have the same concept, their muscles you're trying to re-engage, get strong again. So I have a virtual postpartum return to run program. Um, a few different levels that you can sign up for. The first level is just all, and it's all online virtual, I have videos and pictures of the exercises. You get a weekly email, um, and you just go week by week and it goes to three months to get you back to running. Um, like I said, with that sprinkled in, um, running drills and plyometrics and stuff like that so yeah if you have awesome. questions about it you know reach out to me i'm here for you
0: awesome so if you're local and people mm-hmm. need you they can come visit you yep. If you're not local and this program applies to you we'll put an, a link in the show notes great yeah and if you're
1: not local and have questions like please go to my website sign up for i have a free 15 minute consultation like let's talk and you know i'll help you find a pelvic floor person in your area or just give you advice on like what i think you should do you know send you an email probably with a few exercises to do if you're not local like i want to just help everybody i wish i you know had unlimited resources and could just help everybody but yeah reach out to me whether you're local or not i'm happy to help
0: well and hey we've all just heard a new muscle or learned about a new muscle the obturator internus
1: i have a little blog post on my website on that as well so if you're curious about it
0: Awesome. All right. Well, we're going to wind down with the final question I ask everybody that comes on the show. Okay. And that is, if you can leave our listeners with one final nugget, Mm. one little piece of advice to help them run their worlds in a bigger and better way, what would it be? Um, I think probably just
1: like, let's just be more open about our pelvic floor. Um, And, you know, we all we all do these things so let's help our like fellow sisters and just be open about it if we have an issue like reach out and talk about it and you know especially with our our kids like let's help our future generations like not have suffering in silence like you know we're still kind of having right now let's just be more open about it we all do it let's be less awkward
0: <laughs> no more suffering in silence no. I love it thanks yeah. so much for coming on thanks for having me it was wonderful All right. You know what I love most about this one? That we do not need to suffer in silence anymore on anything, but especially on anything pelvically related. Carolyn Yates is, gosh, she is a gem. I love this woman. She's like my new best friend. I don't know. I've just decided. I'm going to go make sure she hikes with me when she's back from her solo retreat to Mexico, surfing the waves and having all the fun. Um, In order to hook up with her, check out her website, veritypt.org. You're going to want to check out her classes, especially if you are pregnant or plan on getting pregnant, you're an athlete. Her return to run program just sounds phenomenal. I wish... uh, I wish it existed when I was rocking and rolling in that arena. But what I really love best about her is that at the end of the day, it's about awareness. And I think that has such a greater message than the exact topic of pelvic floor. I mean, that's part of it, right? I actually had no idea how to locate my pelvic floor. Now I know. Um, And let's all make sure we're not clenching it right now. Relax. Kegel. Oh, wait. You're all kegling now. I know, because I am too. Okay, stop. Um, Actually, I have to tell you something kind of funny. Tim and I were watching the Kaminsky Method on, uh, jeez, I think it's on Netflix, and uh, Michael Douglas and Alan Arkin are in the car, and they were talking about Kegels, and all of a sudden, they were doing them, (laughs) and then all of a sudden, they decided their Kegels had to have a sound. Um, So that's kind of a funny, I don't know why I segued there, but I did. And I'm going to leave it in today. I'm not going to clip that out because it's kind of funny. What's the sound of your Kegel? All right, everybody. So after you're done checking out Carolyn Yates and all the good stuff she has to offer, I want you to make sure you get over to skirtsports.com and use the code back, the number two Boulder. For 25% off everything while we are shipping our products back to Boulder. Um, Good, new, exciting, fun, beautiful, gorgeous things landing daily. All right, everybody. I think that's it for today. You know what time it is. It's time to get out there and run this world. Have a great workout, and I'll see you next week.